Welcome to Peaking to Success, the podcast that delves deep into our guest success stories. The highs, the lows, the lessons learned, and if there's any exciting future plans lined up. Talking about future plans, Peaking into Success is proudly supported by Peak Wills and Estate Planning. We're here to support you with any future planning. Long gone are the times of solicitors in suits and ties and dark rooms and outdated practices. We are proud to offer a fresh and dynamic approach to the stuffy old world of wills, changing the way we talk about what happens when we die. But... That's enough talk about death on a podcast introduction. It's time to pass you over to Peeking Into Success host, Mr. Adam Kahn. Whose success are we peeking into this episode, Adam? Thanks, Sam. For episode 59 of the podcast, we have on Pete Bock, a man that is known for his TikToks about Darwin Nunez and other Liverpool players and making songs about football, as well as now moving on to working with fan hub and places like that so i hope you enjoy the episode want to know what's happening within derby's black community or perhaps you have a story of your own to share then look no further than majatu your one-stop source for local african and caribbean news with our digital news platform and quarterly print magazine keep up to date on all of the latest in arts entertainment food sports and more find us online at mojatu.com hi pete how are we today I'm really, really good. Thank you very much. How are you doing? You okay? Uh, really good. Glad it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just nice to have the weekend, and I mean, the weather's not great where I am, so just hopefully brightens up, can get something done for the weekend, and just relax. Yeah. How about yourself? Have you got any plans for the weekend? Well, I have actually, yeah. Tomorrow is my son's fourth birthday. I have a child. I have one, I have one uh, child, and he's four. Happens to be tomorrow. Um, so we've got plans for the day. Um, we've also got plans for Sunday as well. He's got another party then. Uh, Sunday's also, there's loads of like, Premier League. There's the AFCON final. There's, um, and don't, I was sort of into minds whether I'm going to watch the Super Bowl or not. But yeah. Um, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to the weekend actually, yeah. Nice, and I mean, that's, uh, I mean, as we'll go on to, that's kind of the great thing about your job. You're able to kind of focus on a lot of sports content and be able to have that as kind of your job. But for anyone that didn't know kind of who you are and the kind of realm you're in, how would you kind of sum it up in one or a couple of words? What I do or how I describe myself? Um, both. You can do maybe one word for each or if you can do um, that. I describe myself as flamboyant. Nice. <laughs> and my job, I can't do it in one word, my job is to be a content creator uh, and slash presenter. That's, that's what I do. Perfect. I think you've summed that up nicely from what... I know about you already, so that's very concise from yourself, so I appreciate that. Um, so, as of recording, I checked your figures just, that it's 247.2 on your TikTok, and that's, I hope you'd say, your main social media platform currently. Um, but what made you kind of delve into that world and kind of post that first video? Oh, uh, so, as you might know, I used to be a teacher. Um, when you're a teacher, you can't have social media. You're not allowed. So, uh, when, so which is why I didn't have Instagram or YouTube and all that sort of stuff. 
but with TikTok, there was a lot of talk in the news that it was really influential in a bad way for kids. And I couldn't really understand what it was, so I just downloaded the app out of interest. And I used the app just as a user for about a year before I ever posted. And then when we went into lockdown three, return of lockdowns <laughs> in sort of January, the last, last lockdown we ever had as a country, I was messaged by friends saying, oh, should we do these like video challenges that were kind of trending? Yeah. Um, they also said yes, but they didn't do it. So I just kind of posted one on TikTok, didn't think you don't expect to go anywhere, obviously. So I literally just started it as a bit of a laugh, really. No, nice. And I mean, what was the kind of, I guess, addiction to kind of continue that and kind of evolve it into what it became, which was, of course, the singing aspect as well as, of course, the love of Liverpool. Well, I've always loved Liverpool, so there's, there's, <laughs> no, there's, there's been no predetermination of that. For me, it's the addiction started when uh, I was really, really new to the to, make, to making content, which was I had a video of me with a vice shaver, and mm. it got loads. It got like four million views or something, and um, that was what a time when I had literally 164 followers. I had no traction of any sort in terms of following, but. And that video, because it went viral and because it was a product, I my head was like, oh, maybe I could be an influencer of some sort. And that kind of made me want to make more and more and try to you know, post things at the right times and things you know, try to achieve maximum success that you could get. With Liverpool, well, when you're a TikToker, you're supposed to make three to four videos every day. So that's a thousand videos a year. And eventually you sort of start to run out of ideas. Um, I came up with this football song for Joel Matter, and I released the song and it was fine. It was, it was a pretty decent football chat. It was okay. And it did okay, got a couple hundred thousand views. And from there, people kept asking me to make more and more. And then obviously I made the Darwin Nunez one. And that was a mixture of obviously a little embarrassing and a bit uh, mean and all the hate and stuff that I got that came with it. But I decided rather than kind of bow out, I would just continue to make funny Darwin songs and then that became my thing. So is Darwin your favourite player from Liverpool? Is that kind of the traction that made you keep going back to him or is it just someone that's easy to write about for songs? Any player is easy to write about for songs, you just have to write, so there's no problem with that. Uh, Darwin, it's more because of that original song that loads of people associated me with Darwin Nunez, so I was like, well, I might as well continue to do things about him. He he is my favourite player, and it's generally worked out quite nicely that he's one of the most entertaining players in the Premier League. Yeah. So he is my favourite player. I, I always say that Sal is the actual best player, if really ask me honestly, but he is my favourite player, yeah. No, nice. And I mean, with the career that, of course, you had at the time with the teaching, did you notice that people in school or kind of parents and stuff like that were kind of noticing you? Was it kind of the two worlds were kind of merging positively or did you find it quite hard to balance them? I think I was a bit lucky. So I was working for Bristol City when I first started with TikTok. So okay. I was a teacher and a football coach, but with older kids like they were 16 to 18 okay so a couple of them found out um they didn't like they didn't even say anything by the time i went into a secondary school again before i left teaching 
I already had a decent sized following, so I had at least 20k or something like that on TikTok. So any kid who saw it wasn't actually taking the piss, as you might think. Yeah. <laughs> that should never work. But I think they were sort of a little bit impressed as well because it actually done quite well. So I never really got any kind of hardship from, from students, no issues at all, ever. It became more about when teachers and stuff, all the teachers found out loads more really supportive because they were all like, this is going to be your way of leaving teachers. This is how you're going to get out of this um, horrible world that we live in. Um, but when more parents became aware, as it blew up more and more, uh, it just became a little bit too difficult to stay working in education because there was... If, if there had been any scrutiny or any real concerns from a parent, that would have been taken quite seriously, and I potentially could have even lost my job for it. So it was, it was, it got to the point where it was like, I'm going to have to jump before I'm pushed. No, that makes sense, and I mean, at least you had the decision to do that, and as you said, you weren't kind of forced out. So of course, you still have that positive reputation in that kind of area. Um, how did, of course, I don't know personally if the creator side of TikTok is worth it. So was it kind of, were you looking for other jobs that were kind of more low-key? Or was it kind of, I'll focus on the TikTok and if something comes up right for me, that's what I'll go with? Uh, so I, <clears throat> I was working at secondary school. And what I, when, I, when it became apparent that... I wasn't going to be able to do both of these things and I was going to have to choose one or the other. I was looking for jobs. I, wanted, I found, actually found a job, um, a temporary job in a primary school, just being a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. And when I applied to a job, I said to them, I am Pete Bark, these are things. And, they, and to be fair, they literally went, when, we, when you had your interview, we knew who you were, like people recognised you. Um, we don't really care. They're, they do, I didn't work for directly as an employee of a school. Okay. So there was like a big loophole basically so i was working in a school but for an external company so it didn't matter at all that i i had the social media side of things going on so that was completely fine and then in the summer um i got i saw a job and i said to my wife i went i have to get this job like this is the dream and that job was the role that i have now which is working with fan hub um so i just yeah was so happy that it came up and so happy that i got it Perfect. And I mean, what does your role at FanHub kind of, like, involve? So what do you do on the day-to-day? Does it kind of link in with, of course, the TikTok side, or are you doing more and have you kind of expanded Pete Bok to a bigger level? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, since leaving school entirely, it means that I, I now have Instagram, which is why there's such a difference between me having 200 and whatever it is, 243, is it? Um, 47, yeah. Okay, 47,000 on TikTok, and only, I think it's not even 10,000 on Instagram. There's such a difference because I've been doing TikTok for three years. In fact, today is the three-year anniversary. Oh, no way. I saw it come up on a reminder. Um, Whereas I've only been on Instagram and YouTube for like nine or ten months. So it's it's obviously a big difference. Uh, with, With FanHub, my job title is presenter that's what they want me to do so i I do the live streams and i create content for them what i do day to day is essentially look for football stories or interesting football fixtures and i go to those fixtures i interview football fans 
or I read about stories and will try to present something uh, that I can make as a piece of content. Or sometimes uh, we, we just kind of do, we do content like, oh, who are the top five loudest fan bases? Because the entire basis of fanhood is it's not about players or clubs or anything like that. It's about fans who travel across the whole country every single weekend to support their team. Yeah. And we want to try and champion those guys and be like, you guys are awesome. You get very little recognition and this is what our entire app is about. And with the app, can you see kind of the growth of it? Is of course, I'm not going to lie, I I didn't see FanHub anywhere for a long period of time. And then I feel like overnight it kind of became everywhere. Kind of us seeing a lot of influencers kind of having episodes sponsored by them on YouTube and kind of a lot is kind of poking up from them. So kind of what is FanHub for someone that doesn't know? Uh, okay, I'll answer that bit first. If that's okay. So, FanHub is a rewards app, and people don't understand what that maybe means. So, I'll just kind of explain. The app does two things it tracks all the games that you go to as a football fan. And there are two or three other apps that do a similar job. So, I, I, I wouldn't even deny about that. But we are a rewards app. So, basically, just like when you go to Tesco and you scan your club card, you get points. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. You go to the match and you pre- press a button on the app and you get points. And you can use those points to buy free merch. You don't pay for shipping, you don't pay for anything, you just get literally sent bubble hats or hoodies or t-shirts or you can actually get free beer. Um, so it's, it's, it's really cool for like anyone who's kind of into those sort of things. Um, what we've got coming up really soon is the connections with actual football clubs. So at the moment, the merch is like fan on a hoodie, whereas soon it's going to be... Actually, I'm not allowed to say the club. Uh, no, that's fair. It's going, to, it's going to be official merch from the club. No, so nice. As if you were going into the store at... Yeah, yeah, at football any club. football club that you, yeah. you kind of associated with, I guess. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so you'll be able to get your points for nothing, for going to the game which you were doing anyway. Yeah. And you can spend those points on buying the merch in the club's official store. Per, so in the actual store, it doesn't have to kind of happen it, online it, through. It, it, it will be the web. Okay. It won't, be, it won't be like a form of payment that might come in. I don't know, but um, we're just starting with this. It will only be web based. No, nice. Uh, I mean, and that's a good idea. Is it kind of entices people to kind of engage with their match day on a different level? I guess is of course people kind of. Just rock up and think, oh yeah, I'm going to the game, kind of focus on the game and stuff like that. But of course, you've added another aspect, which is nice. I mean, I know that my mates, when they go, they they drink, especially on a Saturday. And for them, if they're getting free drinks, that's incentive for them to be like, right, yeah, use the app. So no, I think it's great. And I mean, with you, <laughs> with you being yeah, able to... There you go. And I mean... I just handed it literally right next to my box. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to show it. So that's just an example. So you get a four-pack of them for the equivalent of going to six games. Or something. I can't remember. I didn't have done the maximum, but something like that. But there you go. I mean, the season ticket holder will be able to get, what, 16 cans of beer then in the season? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, roughly, yeah. that is. But no, I, I think it's amazing. And I mean, you being able to have the opportunity and the following to kind of push them and help them is amazing as well and is there anything else that you've kind of got coming up 
maybe away from FanHub or with FanHub that you may be presenting that you're excited for? So I, I mean, I'm always excited, uh, but I'm presenting a lot of different things. Uh, I sort of can't say what we're doing specifically. No, I can I can give you some stuff. So we're going to go to Edinburgh, nice. um, and we're going to film a, a feature-length YouTube video. Uh, I can't give why. No, that's um, fair. But, we're, but that's so that's so we're based in Bristol, and we'll be travelling up to Edinburgh, and then eventually on to Aberdeen as well. Um, and we'll be doing a lot more longer sort of travels. At the moment, we do a lot of stuff locally. We go to Bristol Rovers, we go to Bristol City, we go to Cardiff or whatever, because it's quite local to where we are. Yeah. But we're going to start spreading the wings a little bit more to other clubs in other areas of the country. Um, and we've, as I said, we're kind of venturing away from just doing TikTok content to doing long-form content on YouTube. So I'm mm. really excited to be involved in that sort of stuff because it's something that I really want to develop in. Outside of FanHub, I'm also part of a, another app called Striver. Okay. And Striver is an app that is being set up by a businessman plus Roberto Carlos and Gilberto Silva, who obviously both former Brazilian mm, football players, yes. but like the top level. Um, the Striver app is uh, a platform where it's impossible to send abuse. So it's an abuse-free platform. Mm. So everything, any video, any comments, anything is checked and verified before it actually appears. That, so they have like this, they developed obviously some AI or something kind of software to stop and completely prevent any form of abuse ever appearing on the on the app. So that's why those big professional football players who suffered with that are involved. More players are getting involved. There are two huge clubs from the Netherlands involved. I, I just, again, I'm a little bit... Sort of yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Everything because it hasn't been officially unveiled, but um, so I'm, I'm one of about eight or nine official content creators for that platform nice. which is incredibly exciting it just means that that's another business platform to build on another place for me to interact with people another formats in which to engage content on um and the fact that i will get to work with i've already spoken with Gilberto Silva myself directly or will get to work with these kind of guys we go you would never normally have access to something like that True. it's just really exciting so i'm really happy and i mean for you coming from TikTok, I bet, I mean, the hate that I see from comments on there from, like, what, friends or people that are posted is quite toxic on there as an app. I mean, for you, I bet that's so nice knowing that you're going to be involved in an app where you can post content and not have to worry about that. So, for you, is that something that actively made you want to get involved with the project? To be honest, I got quite a bit of hate and stuff when, when Darwin Darwin came out. And I, I always accept why, and I always will be like, you know what, it's fair play because some people are going to have an opinion. And you can't be a content creator and expect everyone to like whatever you post. Like, mm. it's impossible. So you have to have that sort of mentality. But I haven't had a lot of hate recently. I get odd comments and stuff that I don't really care, but I don't get a lot of it at the moment. Mm. Um, that wasn't a big draw towards doing Striver. For me, it was more about going, I have experienced that. It did make me feel really awful. And I don't want other people to feel that way. And one thing that I've noticed with some people who've joined is you've got probably younger people, probably like older teenagers, who normally would never post content, who are now not scared because they can't be abused. Yeah. 
So we can't face any kind of repercussions. Even if their video doesn't isn't very good or doesn't do very well, it doesn't matter. They're just producing something because they're maybe a bit bored or they just want to have fun or whatever. And I'm like, that's that's what we should be encouraging is more and more people to be like, you can be express yourself. You can do you, you can do keep your challenges in your back garden and not have to be worried that people are going to go, oh, you're really bad. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think nowadays people are too scared to post stuff is of course back when i was watching youtube originally people like everyone wasn't worried about what they put out or kind of what they tweeted about or kind of even stuff like little britain and stuff like that the the kind of the messages that were coming out are completely different and people could get away with more and i think that with having kind of the non-hate people might feel like yeah i can i can post not not them kind of things but kind of they feel more comfortable with posting because they know that people aren't going to be on the back which is which is nice as i mean with everyone's worried about oh is that is that right or can i post that or can i post that whereas i assume the app will always also point out if people are putting like racist or abusive videos out as well i assume they'll pick up on that as well won't it it will never be posted yeah i'll tell you what right i'll give you an example the the this the, the final beer that i just showed you a minute ago if i just spin the camera or something yeah let's say i was doing a piece of content like this or exactly like this it would pick up on the fact that that says beer on the can that I'm not even drinking or touching or interacting with and it will flag the video and not let me post it. Oh wow. So it's that it's quite intense to be fair, but it's worth it. Yeah, and I mean that that's amazing that it can even pick up little things like that. Is I mean I don't see other content out there at the moment that kind of picks up things in the background. So I mean that's amazing and I mean luckily for you you're part of the kind of origin story of that app which is nice as well um yeah, yeah, we so get to pioneer both of those platforms and they're both really growing quick so i'm, I'm so excited for 2024 i'm literally like yeah there's, there's some big big possibilities no perfect and i mean i know that you're going to be involved in more charity games as well aren't you like you were last year so i mean you're a very busy man and and that's the best way to be and that's amazing for you and kind of three years as you've said look how far you've come so that's amazing and it shows that someone may be putting out videos just to try and do something with their mates and look what's come of it so no i, I rate my, you for that change my life change my life change my career change the income i've made changes my son's life changes things my wife I means she can work part-time it literally from going back to three years ago to the day when i filmed with my cat and some inanimate objects that I was pretending to be football players. That sounds really weird. It was the, same, it was the thing that James Milner did. Yeah. That's copied. Um, to the last 12 months, like you said, with the charity games and things like that, meeting these people where you go, you're a multi-millionaire. How on earth am I in the same room as you? Um, it's just amazing. No, 100%. Um, of course, we've kind of gone through the past three years and how you've got to where you are now. But what do you see as your biggest achievement that stands out to you personally? Uh, 
I suppose I've been involved in quite a lot. The charity games I love, I think they're really exciting. You get to meet these really interesting, cool people, and everyone's really nice, which is always a massive bonus. I think there are probably two main sort of um, turning points that I'm really happy went this way. One of them would be the summer of 2022 when the Darwin Nunes film came out. It was on Twitter and Instagram. I didn't even have Twitter and Instagram and I was getting memed and it was, it was horrible. And I that was my lowest and almost worst point. And it took me about 10 days before I posted another video or anything on any of these content. And the reason I came back was because so many people were supportive. So many people messaged me. Um, people were even making video content saying, Pete, we love your song. Please come back. Please come back. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a And so I, as I said earlier, I just decided to come back and do parody Darwin songs. So I was doing like Sean Millionaire and doing raps and stuff like that. It's clearly not a football chant. It's just a bit of, bit of a laugh. Um, so I'm really pl- pl- proud because that, if I had just sacked it off, I'd still be in schools now. Like I'd be in today. It's the last day before our term and all this sort of stuff. So... I'd be, I'd be in there now and I'd be far, far more unhappy. The other turning points I would say would be, again, similarly the summer of this year, which is what we just talked about, the yeah. transition to go to going full time as a content creator, working with Fanwork. I, I, I love it. I'm so happy. Now that, I mean, it's nice that you've seen kind of both sides of the spectrum. So, of course, how the heat and how people came around you to support you to kind of as an achievement because of course personally for yourself that's a big thing to overcome and I mean a lot of people if they have a knockback don't want to continue so I mean that's big props to you is a lot of people would have just been like no leave it I'll continue with what I'm doing in my life so no big props to you and I mean what you've got coming up and kind of oh go ahead can I tell you a short story mm-hmm. on the actual um, Ellie's like, this is so if you've got people who might be feeling that way. Yeah. What ultimately changed my mindset was I was talking to this kid, I think he was in about year 10, and he was saying how he was getting a bit bullied, a bit picked on, and he was thinking about leaving the school. Um, I said to him, like, you can't let other people's opinions change everything about you like relocating to a new school midway through the GCSE years all this sort of stuff and I'm telling him this giving him this advice trying to kind of give him a pet talk to not do what he's thinking of doing and in my own head's going Pete talk to yourself (laughs) (laughs) you you just walked away from all the stuff you were really enjoying doing because people were giving you a hard time and then literally that that, that was the night I went home and went nah forget this I don't care what you say I'm doing what I want to do this makes me happy I enjoy it no, perfect. And I'm I'm so glad that, of course, you trying to spur on someone else made you realise that a lot of people will give advice and not focus on their own. I mean, I've done that before. I've kind of tried to help someone out and not kind of look back on, oh, I need that help as well. So uh, I respect that you actually actively made the change and that makes you a better person in the long run because you can notice what you're doing and change that. So that's big respect to you for doing that. Um, I don't know if your biggest achievement is different to this next question, but what do you think the defining moment was for you in your career to date? I think 
probably, I, mean, I, I sort of touched on Twitter already, it would be going to that job interview with Stanford, yeah. feeling really confident that I can, that I, I would get it. And when I had the interview with them, it was, about, it was just an hour or so in a coffee shop with, with the two people who started the, um, the startup app. And I explained to them all the things about how you need to do live streams to try and boost your content. You need to reply to people's comments if they're commenting on your videos and things like this, like, which I saw as fairly fundamental. Yeah. They didn't know that. And it was only after I got the job and, and they were bringing me in and they were kind of initiating me to, to what they wanted me to do that I was kind of going, I actually know this. Like, I don't need any help. I don't need any training. I don't need anyone to hold my hand or give me intros. I'm really confident I've been doing this for long enough and I know what will work and what won't. Yeah. And so it's just, just I suppose, having that confidence to kind of go, well, I've, I spent nine years working in school, completely changed my career, but I've kind of done it in my own time and, I've come, and I'm so committed and I love it. So I, yeah, I would say that was felt a really good moment to feel this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. 100%. And I mean, you've got the, conf- you had the confidence at that point to go for it and the confidence in yourself and you you don't know if kind of you didn't go back into the TikToks that never would have happened and you would never be where you were now so I mean it's amazing that of course some uh, app and kind of something you love has defined you so significantly and I feel like propelled you to that next level that you feel like you needed at that time so I, I like that and it shows from you the determination and the confidence is a lot of people don't have confidence in themselves at this moment in time and self-confidence is key to being able to propel so I have big respect for you to be able to do that. Confidence will come from having the right people around you and also having the conviction that, that you will gain happiness from it. It will motivate you and give you and encourage sort of a confidence to come out to you to kind of go, I'm going to have to come out my shell a little bit here. Otherwise, if I, as I say, if, if I'd kind of gone, oh, I'm getting a lot of hate on, on Twitter, better pack it in. I'd still be in school and I'd be, I'd be all right. Like, there's nothing wrong with working at school, by the way. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that job at all. I was supporting people with their mental health and all sorts of stuff. It was very rewarding, but... Was I happy going in every day? Not really. It was just a job. Yeah. This is it. And with, with I mean, the people that you're connecting with now, you're, you're giving them something to kind of look forward to and kind of engage with. And a lot of people, I mean, still focus on the Darwin Nunez side and that, but you've kind of evolved, not past that, but you've, evolved into a kind of bigger creator and kind of got your fingers in different pies let's say which shows a different side and a lot of people struggle when they move away from their initial blow up platforms so this should give people confidence and show hopefully through this and this conversation that you can be more than you can progress in this kind of line of work of social media. So I like this some thing. People, some people may be just really confident and really good in their niche. The thing that was that's always played in my mind, I love Darwin Nunez, but the day he leaves Liverpool, I can't have my career end. No. 
But totally. do you know what I mean? I, I had to branch out and do other things. And that's why I think people maybe get a little annoyed because I make content on my TikTok that's not just about football and just about Darwin and just about Liverpool. I do it about all sorts of different things. And maybe somebody will be like, I don't want to hear you talk about that. I just want you to do Liverpool. I'm like, sorry, but I can't just do Liverpool and I can't just do Darwin. No, that, and I mean, you draw in more kind of viewers and followership from that as well because, of course, with it not being just Liverpool-based now or just football-based, which is nice to see that other side of you, let's say. Um, Of course, you've kind of focused on your kind of development and how you kind of pushed yourself on with the negativity, but is there one piece that you would give give yourself maybe at that point or even younger? A piece of advice? Yeah. The only thing that I, I don't have lots of regrets at all. Um, even the negative things have kind of actually given me a platform, so I can't even be upset about them anymore. And I do cringe a little bit when I see that video, but whatever, do you know what I mean? If I was giving myself advice, it, something that there is a little, a bit of a shame now is that I talked about earlier, that massive difference. So I really wish I'd started a YouTube channel earlier. I really wish I'd be, had at least something posting on Instagram, even if it was on private while I worked in the school. Just there, I just wish that I'd had more of a reaching social media platform rather than everything being TikTok. Even though I love TikTok, it is great, but there are, uh, there are definitely some disadvantages to that app. Like there's some, there's some things going on that don't make me very happy. So I just, the only advice would be spread your wings more, get on everything, you know, try and try new, try different things. I could have tried um, streaming, for example, while I worked in school, but I didn't do it. Yeah. I could have done kick and I could have done whatever. So yeah, I kind of wish I'd just focus a little bit away from TikTok as well. No, I, I, I like that. And I like the honesty behind that. It's a lot of people, of course, don't like straying away from what they know. So by you being like, no, I wanted to do this and I should have done this is quite nice as a self-reflective kind of side to yourself. Is there anything, of course, is that the only thing that you maybe would do differently or is there something else maybe apart from the kind of growth that you do differently in your kind of stint? That really would be the primary thing in terms of advice. The only, th- the only other sort of magical wish would be, wish I'd done this sooner, wish I'd done this when I was younger. You know, I can't hide back in my 30s. Like, I, I, I really wish I was the same age as a lot of people who start content creation, which is like 21. But I didn't. And I'll tell you what, though, I'll tell you what, and this is my own maturity as a person. If I had started when I was 21, 22, I would, could never have lasted. I wouldn't have had the commitment to do the videos. I would have been drinking on live stream and making a fool of myself and doing it, I just would not have had that level of maturity to have done it professionally. So I'm, I'm happier that I've actually done it later in life. No. It just would have been nice to start started sooner, but there we go. No, I, I like that. And I mean, I've noticed more nowadays that there's a lot of older content creators coming about and it's not just all focused on your teenagers slash young 20s kind of vlogging if that makes sense which was kind of the norm in like 2017 18 it was just people vlogging and it was all youngsters and there was no 
relevancy. I mean, I'm late 20s now and I've kind of... I don't want to see a young person prancing around. I want someone more relatable to me. And I, I, I don't know if you've noticed that I've certainly seen a lot of kind of married young married couples with yes. young children and things like that, and they've got millions of followers all over platforms and stuff. And I'm, so I was sometimes I see a couple of them, and I sometimes scratch my head going, "How have you managed to get this many followers?" And you kind of watch a video and go, "It's fairly wholesome, and it's just real life, isn't it? Really, it's a bit, it's it's kind of fly on the wall documentary style real life stuff." But you go. It's quite interesting, though, actually, that that's more relatable than, yeah, a, a late a, a 19-year-old going shopping or something like that. I don't care. That, that, that's what people want nowadays, though. They want relatable, don't they? They don't want kind of their extravagancy. They want what they can relate to or something that's more obtainable to them or something they can relate with, which is nice and that is the way that content is going in the, like the majority um kind of i've asked all the main questions of course podcast wise so now we kind of going to quick fire so just to answer as you can um the first one is if you could sum yourself up with a song so whether that be the mood it makes you feel or the lyrics themselves what what kind of sums you up as a person? As a person? Um, I really don't know. That's a really good question. I, I'm going to go DJ Sammy Heaven. It's not actually DJ Sammy's original song. Um, but I, I, yeah, that's, it's upbeat, but it's got a bit of deeper meaning as well to some of the lyrics. So yeah, I'm, I would go with that. It's actually Brian Adams who originally made it, but yeah. I'll go with the DJ Sammy version. It's more upbeat than the Brian Adams version, isn't it? So, no, I like that. Um, and then kind of on the more less serious side, is there a go-to karaoke song for yourself? I don't do it. Um, no, that's fair enough. Uh, what, I would ch- what would I choose? I would ch- my, I, I always say to everyone, look, and they'd be really honest, like, I'm not a good singer. I just try my best. Um... I prefer slightly slower, maybe kind of rock sound because it probably suits the slightly deeper voice. So maybe, oh, I know, um, Spandau Ballet, Gold. Nice. I like that. And people know the words, so they'll join in. That's what I always kind of look for from a karaoke. (laughs) Um, Of course, you're a Liverpool fan, so I've included some... Liverpool questions that are quite relevant now. So, of course, Klopp is leaving. So, kind of, who would you want to see as the next manager? Who kind of would fit your profile? Well, I've asked this on my YouTube channel. Um, there's two standard candidates. Everyone knows who they are. It's Deserby or it's Alonso. Yeah. Um, I personally would go Deserby, and I'll explain why. He's got Premier League experience. Alonso has done brilliantly, but he hasn't been a manager for that long. And I'm worried if Alonso, whoever comes in and replaces Jurgen Klopp, is almost certainly not going to do as well as he did no. because he's so good and he's on a different level. And Alonso is a Liverpool legend, and I don't want to be now sort of January February time and he's already lost the job because he can't do it as well as Klopp did. 
So as much as he would be loved, and I'd be very happy if Alonso comes in, I would just go to Zerbi because I'd go, can we, can we get someone who's going to steady the ship, play good football, he's worked under a limited budget, he's got Premier League experience, I think he's worth a shot. Uh, I agree, and it's kind of the Fergie effect again. You don't want them kind of 10 dual years. You want to build again. Klopp wasn't amazing when he came in, but you want someone that will build the club and look at De Zerbi at Brighton. He's kind of... He he just changes the players. All these players come out of the woodwork and they just kind of stick. So for the youth that Liverpool currently have... That would just grow the club massively, I feel, having De Zerbi in. Um, my next question is, let's say it was De Zerbi that came in. What's three signings, signing realistically, that you'd want Liverpool to bring in? So maybe it's a certain position that you feel like needs to be filled and a player that you think links nicely to them. You're not going to like my answer. <laughs> uh, I look at Liverpool's current squad and go... What do we need? Are we that dead? I think people are really desperate all the time every transfer window to be like, oh, we've got to sign me. I go, we're not going to get Mbappe, we can't afford a salary. And someone like him is incredible. Of course, he makes us better. Victor Osserman, maybe it's more realistic. I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind. Can Victor Osserman play right wing? I think most Liverpool fans are aware that Salah may well leave yeah. in the summer. And that right-wing position is a complete nightmare to try and recruit. Um, there is very, very few good right-wingers in world football in terms of his level. Um, Osserman would be someone I would have a look at if, if it's plausible, because I just think he's got great qualities. And when we played against Napoli in the Champions League uh, last year, I've never seen someone play so good against Liverpool. I've never ever seen one player be that good against Liverpool. I was like, wow. So I would love him to come in, but I just don't know. Um, but other than that, I, I'm kind of going, well, if, if, I, I want to get back to the new contract before I want to sign another centre off. Yeah. Like, that, that's my honest opinion on, on that sort of position. Endo's really stepped up. McAllister has actually proved himself quite good at playing CDM recently. I, I'm kind of going, these positions where people are going, well, we need that, we need that, and going, do we? Do we need that? Is Quanta not good enough? Is Gomez not good enough to be substitute fullback? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I'd, I'd love to open up the window for Trent to play in the field. I think every Liverpool fan would like to see that. But in terms of transfers coming in, I really don't think we're desperate at all. Uh, I mean, I'm glad you said that, and that's why I said three, because I think... They're kind of, them and City are kind of in a good position and it's only if players are sold, then I think they need replacements. So, now I respect your answer and that's that's what I would think myself as well. Um, my next question is, you've got a chef and they cook you a meal and give you a drink. What would be your go-to food and drink of choice? Is this your really nice way of doing what's your... Death meal, but we're not going to call it that. <laughs> it's a nicer way of putting it, isn't it? Um, good question. Really good question. I haven't thought about this. Uh, a full meal. Okay, I would like... I like Thai food, you know. Nice. I really would. Um, I would like Masama chicken. I like it a lot. 
Uh, I would. Oh, but I'm I'm annoying to take to um to, to sort of any kind of Asian restaurants because I really like the sides from Indian food. Okay. So I like to have both. So that's my fusion. So I'd have a bit of that. Um, I have to have dessert. I have a massive sweet tooth. Okay. I have to have some. It doesn't matter what it is so much, but it has to be chocolate. As long as it's, it can be chocolate cake, it can be brownie, it can be a dairy milk bar. I don't really care that much, but it has to be something chocolatey. And everyone's going to expect me to say Dr Pepper. <laughs> because I've done so much. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I do genuinely love it. But if it was like a last drink, I would like. Oh, what's it called? Um, there's a beer that they make in Hawaii, and I can't remember what it's called, but I really, really liked it. And because I can't remember what it's called, I'm just going to say Cherry Dr. Pepper. But no. I really want that beer, but I don't know what it's called. No, that's fair enough. Um, and to kind of follow up from that, um, if you can choose one person to have the meal with, so that can be personal to you, or it can be kind of dream person that you'd want to meet. Who would you share the meal with? Am I still on death row, or is this just... <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's, it's just, in general. Just, just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it would be lovely to share a meal with Darwin, of course, but hablo un poquito español, but it's not going to be enough. I, I can't speak enough, and he his English is not great. Um, I think, as someone who's been a football coach, that was what I did before I became a teacher, yeah. and I worked, for, I worked for two professional clubs. I'd probably say Jurgen Klopp. I think yes. I would most likely to sit with him. I think someone like Stevie G would be great, be wonderful to spend time with him. Um, but someone like Klopp or Kenny Dalglish, just a bit of an older head that I would just love to chat, basically chat shop to. And just be like, yeah. Can you just tell me about your training sessions and why you do them and what's your analysis of post-training and how that affects the team? I'd, I'd be just in their ear all the time talking about football coaching and stuff like that, so that would be... No, perfect. I like I like that answer, and I mean you've given why as well, so that's perfect. Um, I've got my last question now, and I mean people find this difficult to answer, so I won't blame you if it takes some time. But what does success mean to you? So you could have already achieved it in some capacity with something personal to yourself. Or it could be something that you're kind of striving towards in time. Well, <laughs> it's difficult to answer. I'll tell you why. Because as a word, success is like uh, all-encompassing. So you kind yes. of go, oh, that's success. Like winning a trophy is yeah. success. Because it's at the end. It's the last thing that happens, isn't it? You can kind of go, yeah, close book. That was success. We, we, we won that. For me, success is ongoing development of kind of lifestyle and family. Yeah. Um, and that's a little bit open to interpretation. But I suppose, I mean, for example, my wife and I, we talked about maybe trying to buy a new house in a couple of years' time. So if I'm successful in the social media world and I get a little bit of money, then I can mm-hmm. do that. And that's a success. 
my son loves football, loves to play. If I can spend more time with him and help him and enjoy moments with him, that's success for me as a parent. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's really difficult to, it's difficult to just kind of go, that's, this is success full stop. But for me, if I can have more, if I can give more to my family and I take that from the enjoyable work that I get to do, that's success. No, that's perfect. And I think that's a nice answer because I mean, a lot of people think of success as kind of monetary items or objects where you've kind of focused as well on, of course, your family and kind of their progression as well, which is nice and shows the kind of man that you are and kind of how you are. People will be able to see that shine through. So my, my, my wife is a teacher. I didn't know to tell you, but my wife's a primary school teacher and has been for years and years. Since we had our son, she went back part-time. Um, I suppose a, a part of that, like an easy way to describe that, she's always wanted to be a swimming instructor, okay. but just, just doesn't really pay the same sort of level. Um, if I can get, get to a position where I'm like, you don't have to go to schools anymore. It's so stressful. Just leave. Just go and do something else. Yeah. And I'll just support you and whatever. That, that that would be the that massive moment. That would be huge. No, that's, that's nice. And I mean, it's nice that you're focusing on your wife there and it's kind of, you want her to enjoy her life. Is, I mean, you are enjoying your life through your work. So if she can have that as exactly. well, of course, that, that means a lot to you. And I, I fully love that you've said that. Um, and I mean, they're all the questions I've got, so... I appreciate you coming on. If anyone kind of has listened to this and wants to see more of you, where would they find you? <laughs> where would they find you easily? <laughs> Just Google it. Um, okay. My name is not Peace Block, as you can see on Instagram, actually. Um, don't like people call me Peace Block. Uh, it's a name that Theo Baker came up for me, which is very kind of him. Um, my, I have TikTok, I have Instagram, I have YouTube, I have... Striver, I have on Fan Hub, and if you're not sick to me, sick me by then, you can even go to pete-block.com. But even more people, nonsense. No, there we go. Cheers, by the way, if you want to buy that. Uh, I also have Cameo. A lot of people ask me to create their own bespoke football chance for their boyfriend or dad or whatever. So, yeah, if you want more of Pete Block, just search me up, please. No, perfect. And I mean, I appreciate you spending your Friday afternoon with me and it's been, it's been a, a pleasure it's been really so no thank you for coming on you are anytime anytime thank you for listening to another episode of Peaking Into Success podcast if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today and would like to listen to more go and check out the previous episodes on our channels and make sure you follow the page as well to keep up to date with the new exciting episodes that we've got upcoming for the rest of the year.